Hello and welcome to this Linklaters podcast on payments regulation. Today we're going to look beyond traditional payments to what's happening in the world of crypto assets. Last year's turbulence in crypto markets came at a time when the UK government was putting the final touches to its plans to regulate crypto assets. Those plans have recently been published and to help us navigate them I'm joined by two of our crypto regulation experts, Harry Edis and James Morris. Harry, how would you sum up the UK's approach to crypto assets? Well, one way, Simon, is you could call it slow and steady. Um, I think the government, however, would prefer the term phased and proportionate. What it's trying to do is balance the risk of crypto assets, especially the risk of consumer harm, with the potential benefits of supporting and being seen to support innovation in financial services. Less than a year ago, shortly before the crypto winter set in, the government was setting out its stall to become a crypto hub and talking up opportunities that it would bring. Providing legal clarity on the regulatory status of crypto assets was always going to be a part of that plan, but recent events have obviously focused minds. What the government has done in its latest paper is to map out a future regulatory regime for crypto assets. This is going to continue its phased approach, which so far has focused on anti-money laundering and crypto promotions, but will soon move towards the regulation of stable coins and then progress to capture a wider range of crypto assets in the longer term. Before we look at what the future holds, James, how are crypto assets regulated today? Thanks, Simon. It's a good question. So it's not a complete wild west, but it's fair to say uh, that the UK only regulates some crypto assets at the moment. So as you might expect, crypto assets that share the features of traditional financial instruments like shares are regulated. as well, crypto assets that meet the definition of electronic money are regulated, which means that firms providing payment services in relation to e-money tokens can also fall in the scope of UK regulation at the moment. Crypto derivatives, they're also regulated like any other derivative. So that sounds like quite a long list, but actually lots of commonplace crypto assets don't fall into those categories. Uh, And so business activities relating to them generally don't require a firm to get a license from the FCA. Um, But that's not to say there's no regulation at all in the UK. Um, So, for example, as Harry's alluded to, some UK crypto businesses today need to register with the FCA so that the regulator can supervise their compliance with the UK's anti-money laundering standards. It's something the FCA has actually been pretty picky about so far um, in terms of working out which firms have met its standards, with only 15% of applications to the FCA for this registration being successful to date. So of those firms, if you're one of the lucky 41 firms to have cleared that bar, um, you've then got to comply with the UK's anti-money laundering regime. So that means as well as doing things like customer onboarding checks and ongoing monitoring, um, firms are soon going to have to comply with the so-called travel rule. So that rule requires um, certain information about the parties to a crypto asset transaction to a company or travel with the crypto asset transfer. So that rule starts to apply in September this year and getting compliance processes in place before then is going to be a challenge. So there are some things to do, but even so, registration with the FCA for AML purposes is quite a far cry from the burden that comes with having a full regulatory license. Um, But it's something that more firms are going to have to manage once stablecoins and other crypto assets are brought into the scope of UK regulation. 
And when we talk about licensing requirements, regulating stablecoins, you just mentioned there, James, that's, that's one of the first things on the government's agenda, isn't it? That's exactly right, Simon. There's legislation going through Parliament at the moment, Financial Services and Markets Bill, which makes big changes to the UK's financial regulatory framework. One of the things that this bill does is to allow the Treasury to set up a new regime for what it calls digital settlement assets, but which you can basically read as stablecoins, and specifically those stablecoins which can be used as a means of payment. The plan is that these pa payment stablecoins will be inserted into the existing regulation for payment services and e-money issuance. This is consistent with the principle of same risk, same regulation. In other words, if something acts as a means of payment, it should be regulated as a payment. If it's treated as an investment product, it should be regulated as such, and so on. For its first phase of regulating crypto assets, the government is focusing on fiat-backed stablecoins because it sees these as having the greatest potential to become widely used as a form of payment. So, in the not-too-distant future, we should see the government laying regulations bringing issuance and custody of payment stablecoins into the regulatory perimeter. Payment services relating to these stablecoins will also be regulated. Once a regulatory framework is in place, generally speaking, the FCA will be in charge of supervising the relevant rules. But the bill also makes sure that the Bank of England has sufficient powers to get involved and oversee stablecoins that gain enough traction to become potentially systemically important. And you say this is going to happen in the not too distant future. Do we know when this is going to happen? Um, so quite soon is the answer, Simon. These are all topics being prioritised as part of phase one of the rollout of the new crypto proposals. The first building block to put in place is the bill. That should be enacted in the coming weeks. And while there was doubt about the ongoing timing, in stop press announcement, we have just had the regulatory initiatives grid published, which suggests that draft FCM Bank of England rules will be published in quarter one to quarter two. Thanks, Harry. So that all comes within uh, phase one of the government's plans, and that phase one focuses on crypto assets being used for payment activities. But what then is going to come after that phase? James? Uh, well, so uh, perhaps unsurprisingly, after phase one, we've got uh, phase two, uh, and we've now got some detail on what that's going to look like, thanks to a uh, consultation paper from the Treasury. Uh, on the future financial services regulatory regime for crypto assets. So first and foremost, that consultation uh, looks at a broad range of crypto assets. Um, the definition used is very broad and would in principle capture exchange tokens, utility tokens, and potentially non-fungible tokens as well, so NFTs. Um, the consultation then sets out the activities relating to crypto assets that are in the government spotlight. So as Harry says, the design principle is same risk, same regulatory outcome, which means that the starting point is for crypto services to be regulated in the same way as other financial services if similar risks apply. So uh, the government suggested a range of new specified activities in relation to crypto assets, such as admitting a crypto asset to a crypto asset trading venue, dealing in crypto assets as principal or agent, uh, and arranging deals in crypto assets to give a few examples. So you might recognize that those new activities largely mirror existing regulated activities in the UK. 
Um, authorised firms carrying on one or more of these activities will be subject to various requirements under the existing regulatory regime, including rules on systems and controls, conduct of business, client money handling, capital requirements and so on. Uh, it's going to be up to the FCA to set the detail of most of these rules, so they might take inspiration, I guess, from the rules applying to existing regulated firms, but we'll have to see what differences there might be in due course. And what would the introduction of these new regulated activities, what would, what would that mean for firms? Yeah, that's a really good question. So uh, the impact is going to be felt differently, I think, by different types of firm. Uh, if you're a firm that's already authorised, uh, then you'll need to apply for new permissions to carry on these new regulated activities. Um, but if you're not already authorised, uh, then the impact will be needing to apply for an FCA licence. So that's going to include crypto asset businesses which have already gone through the process to get registered with the FCA, but which don't actually have full authorization. Um, there's also going to be uh, an impact on firms based outside of the UK, uh, and that's because the government suggested um, applying its rules and the requirement to be authorised uh, to crypto asset activities that are provided in or to the UK, um, I think to stop firms from avoiding the rules by moving overseas. So in short, if you're looking to target the UK market, you'll need to monitor these changes, to the regulatory framework, and probably brace yourself for a licensing application. So Harry, I'm gonna ask you another question uh, about timing. What happens next to this phase two? Well, the first thing is that the consultation closes on the 30th of April uh, of this year. Um, then we have to wait for the, uh, the formal response from the government, which if history um, is any guide would suggest is gonna be closer to the end of this year um, than, than not. And then it'll take longer before we see any draft legislation on this second phase. So overall, I think we're inching towards more legal certainty for the sector in the UK, which certainly is a, a, is a good thing. Um, that said, the consultation is still fairly high level with plenty of detail needing to be filled out in the coming months, especially once the FCA starts to see to set out how it envisages crypto asset firms complying with its rulebook. Thanks, Harry. And before we close, James, there's also been uh, another important announcement from the government about crypto marketing, hasn't there? Yeah, that's right. Um, so as you know, the law restricts who can make financial promotions currently. Um, so broadly speaking, unless uh, the communication you are making is exempt, you need to be an authorised person in order to make financial promotions or to have your promotions approved by someone who is an authorised person. So broadly speaking, that captures marketing of regulated products today. Um, a few years ago, the government proposed bringing crypto assets within the scope of this restriction. Um, and that was to address concerns about misleading crypto adverts. Um, but when the government made these proposals, the industry pointed out that this measure could effectively ban them from advertising because no crypto firms were authorised at that point in time. Uh, and also few authorised firms, so regulated financial services firms, it's quite likely very few would be willing or able to approve crypto promotions on their behalf. So. In, in response to these concerns, the government's now said uh, that it's going to introduce a bespoke exemption 
to the un incoming restrictions on crypto asset financial promotions. Um, and this exemption should allow crypto asset businesses that have registered with the FCA to communicate their own financial promotions in relation to their crypto asset activities. Okay, and that, that sounds like good news then for those firms. Yeah, it, it definitely is good news for those firms um, because, uh, as I said, I suppose without this exemption, uh, they were facing a practical ban uh, on their marketing activities. But it's only helpful for firms that are registered with the FCA uh, under the anti-money laundering regime. Uh, other, other firms still would need to look for an authorised firm to approve their financial promotions. And also, even for those firms that are registered, uh, once the legislation is all in place, they'll still need to make sure that they meet the FCA's requirements on their communications. So the high level requirement there will be that they'll need to make sure that their promotions are fair, clear and not misleading. But there's also going to be some detailed rules around this. Um, and that's because the FCA, it's recently tightened the rules for promotions of high risk investments. Um, so a couple of examples of the new rules would include things like imposing cooling off periods for first time investors um, who respond to direct offer financial promotions. Um, so despite some respite, there's likely going to be another compliance headache for these firms because the FCA has said it intends to apply those same restrictions to crypto assets once they're brought into scope of the regime. Thank you, James and Harry. If you would like to read more about some of the points we've discussed today, then do check out our FinTech Links blog on the Linklater's website. Until next time, thank you for listening and goodbye. <laughs>